Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code BLEAVE. B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus today. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers on the 2021 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Ah, yes, you know what that music means. It's time for the memes of the weekend here on week six of the NFL and week seven of college football and also baseball playoffs. Yes, baseball. Uh, Welcome in, everybody. It is October 18th by my count. Shout out to everyone stopping in live, except it isn't live because it's a podcast for our a block here today we are going to bring a later segment up to the forefront and award our week six memorial philip rivers purgatory award and for the first time we have a split award here on the show yes we are splitting this award between a man who is winning it for the fourth time and someone who was going up against that person, that is Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold, because that entire Vikings-Panthers game lives in Philip Rivers' purgatory. For the rest of time, that game between the Vikings and Panthers, and really all Vikings-Panthers games from this point forward, because both teams are now 3-3, three and three. it's just absolutely perfect how that game went down. The Vikings and Panthers live in Philip Rivers purgatory and that game will forever be the Philip Rivers purgatory game of all Philip Rivers purgatory games because Sam Darnold got the ball 204 to go down eight one time out at his own four yard line a classic Philip Rivers purgatory situation and he on 4th and 12, completed a 40-yard pass to DJ Moore. Why? Because the only person you can name in the Vikings secondary is Patrick Peterson, and he left the game with an injury. So, of course, you're going to complete a 40-yard pass to DJ Moore. I should be more specific and say corners, because Harrison Smith is technically in that secondary. Harrison Smith lit a dude up in that game. You should try and go find the video of that. It was awesome. Sam Darnold completes a pass down inside. Two, DJ Moore hits Robbie Anderson in the end zone with 50 seconds left in the game. Sam Darnold leads the momentous comeback through Philip Rivers purgatory, but unfortunately, the rules of football state that no matter what the situation or circumstance, Kirk Cousins must always be down or tied in this case with one minute no timeouts, length of the field. Now, he technically had one timeout, but Kirk Cousins lives in this purgatory. Last week, they were up six. I'm sorry, they were up seven. They fumbled the ball running out the clock. 
just so that Kirk Cousins could get the ball in Kirk Cousins' purgatory, a.k.a. Phillip Rivers' purgatory. This week, it took a 4th and 12 40-yard completion to DJ Moore. But Philip, I'm sorry, but Kirk Cousins, they're basically interchangeable at this point. Kirk Cousins was going to live in Philip Rivers' purgatory. Whether he wins or loses, he was going to live in Philip Rivers' purgatory. And Kirk Cousins went down the field, got him within field goal range for Greg Joseph, which, by the way, this is the fourth time in six games this season that the regulation for the Vikings has ended with Greg Joseph kicking a field goal with no time left on the clock week one against the Bengals hit it to go to overtime they would end up losing week two against the Cardinals missed the kick lose the game but they would have won if he made it week three normal week week four normal week week five they end up going down the field with, or sorry, that week four was not a normal week one, but the, Kirk Cousins still scored the game-winning touchdown instead to win 14-7. to So then, take him down the field in week five, has to kick the game-winning field goal to beat the Lions because they fumbled the ball at the end of the game, and this week gets the chance to make the kick again. Missed it wide right. We go to overtime. The Vikings end up winning in overtime after I think the Panthers got the ball and gave it back to the Vikings. I don't think it was the first possession of overtime. I think the Panthers had a chance to win it, and they did not. But Kirk Cousins wins the game. That part didn't really matter. What mattered the most is the Kirk Cousins purgatory that is forever. I think sooner or later the name's got to change. I was willing to change the name after two weeks, and now it's just Kirk Cousins living down eight or tied in this case, 50 seconds to go, no timeouts, length of the field, Kirk Cousins, just, I don't understand how he always ends up in this situation. It's unbelievable how much Kirk Cousins' career now basically just reflects Phillip Rivers and Phillip Rivers' purgatory. Uh, So we get the co-award this week in recognition of Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold's epic duel in a game that will forever and ever live in Philip Rivers purgatory. This is why we do the award every week is to honor just how insane this entire sport is and how sometimes the Vikings are just going to be exactly the same person they always are. It's amazing. Pretty much every single week. It's either been Kirk Cousins or the Lions every week living in Philip Rivers purgatory every week of the season this year. So five-time award winner Kirk Cousins, one-time award winner Lamar Jackson, and now one-time award winner Sam Darnold. The first ever co-Kirk Cousins. I don't even care anymore. Philip Rivers Memorial Purgatory. You could call it Kirk Cousins Purgatory. It's memorializing the OG Philip Rivers, but Kirk Cousins has taken the reins and might be innovating the craft of how to live down eight points, no timeouts, length of the field, 50 seconds left to go. All right, we got our five little things here on the memes of the weekend. Just little funny things that I picked up over the weekend that I would like to share a laugh with all of you. We started this last week. Felt like it worked out pretty well. It's a great way to hit on all these little things we want to talk about. So, one, the state of Florida football because it's not great. Uh, We talked about the Dolphins and Jaguars game over on the NFL Monday podcast, but that whole thing was just insane. 
The Dolphins probably should have won that game. They turn the ball over at the end, go for it on fourth down, but they don't have the offensive firepower to even get two yards against the terrible Jaguars. Both teams didn't play very well. 23-20, it was really just bad football. I stayed to, to, or I got up early to watch it. Really just bad football, but both of those teams have won a combined two games this year. Then we move to college football because UCF is 0-3 in conference play. FIU 0-2 in conference play. FAU 1-2 in conference play so far this year. Florida Gators 2-3. Miami 0-3. And the Florida State Seminoles 2-2 carrying the pack for the state of Florida. Because after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you could make the argument that Florida State football, which is just putrid, might be the next most successful team this year because at least Florida State beat North Carolina. Can't say the same for the University of Miami. They got beat up real good by North Carolina, but this isn't our how did the ACC and Pac-12 bleep things up again segment. This is our five little things segment on the memes of the weekend. So Florida football, the entire state right now, it's not going great. Not a great time to be in Florida football. Um, and Tampa Bay, the notoriously successful Tampa Bay Buccaneers, historically proud franchise that used to have the longest losing st- or longest playoff drought in the NFL until last year, is carrying for the state at this point. Uh, not just not just in the NFL, not just in college football, not just in the college football one B tier. The entire state of Florida football is not great. And by the way, the Florida Gators this weekend lost to LSU, who ended up firing Ed Orgeron after beating the University of Florida. Uh, with good reason, it's it's good that Ed Orgeron is being moved out of the program. And uh, Bomani Jones had one of the great tweets of the weekend talking about how going through a, a divorce does really affect people because it's so funny with Ed Orgeron. We can make light of the situation, but it really does... I do find interesting, like, what is the background on what led to all of this for Ed Orgeron? Because there's a really good report in The Athletic about it that I haven't gotten around to reading all the way through. But LSU has an active lawsuit against them. We've talked about the story quite a bit before. And now Ed Orgeron is moving on after beating the University of Florida, which is where the funny comes into play out of all of this, because Florida football is not in a great state right now. And Florida's not a great state in general. Number two, Lane Kiffin and the end of the Ole Miss-Tennessee game because all of that was amazing. One, if Lane Kiffin ends up at LSU, we're just going to create anarchy in the sport and that is the perfect program to do it. And Lane Kiffin ended up playing Tennessee this weekend, returned to Tennessee as coach of Ole Miss, first time since he left in the middle of the night to go take the USC job which is an amazing story that I highly recommend people read about. It's an amazing, amazing story of how he ends up departing and that team's angry and the program feels hurt even though they didn't really want Lane Kiffin in the first place. And so Lane Kiffin ended up going back to Tennessee and after Tennessee down seven, or sorry, down five, tried to convert a magical fourth and 24 to keep the game alive. They actually complete the pass and end up one yard short. And then they just start parading beer bottles, water bottles, whatever you can throw on the field, they're throwing on the field. Lane Kiffin gets hit with a golf ball 
and then pockets the golf ball, brings it to his press conference and talks about getting hit with the golf ball like it's a joke because Lane Kiffin is the closest thing to an internet troll that we have as a head coach. Lane Kiffin is a comedian. He is someone who is sarcastic about the whole system while also taking a blowtorch to the system itself because he's a really good coach. And he beefs with Nick Saban and he tosses his headset and he is a living, breathing version of a meme or at least the closest thing we have to it. And the man took the opportunity after getting hit with a golf ball by a Tennessee fan to revel in the fact that he got hit with a golf ball by a Tennessee fan. Lane Kiffin is the guy who laughs at his own divorce as it ends up swallowing Ed Orgeron at LSU. It was a beautiful, magical finish to that game with a 24-minute delay because they were throwing anything and everything on the field, including the golf ball. An entire box of pizza was found on the field when they panned the camera. And the famous video, the famous picture that's going viral, a mustard bottle, a yellow mustard bottle was thrown on the field at Ole Miss players. Tennessee had to clear the dance team, clear the cheerleaders, clear the band out and have them go under, clear out the student section because people were throwing stuff from the third deck and can't get it all the way. So students were getting hit in the heads with water bottles and beer bottles and mustard bottles. And Tennessee almost pulled off a Hail Mary victory after that with 52 seconds left in the game. Ole Miss got the ball, went three and out. Tennessee got it, had 40 seconds and no timeouts, which is Kirk Cousins purgatory at its finest, except in college football, you get no timeouts. Or I'm sorry, the clock stops when you pick up a first down. So they're like virtuoso timeouts. And so it got so beautiful and it would have been perfect if Tennessee had won that game. But now we get cocky Lane Kiffin, and cocky Lane Kiffin at a press conference is always super fun. Number three, the funniest thing from the sports weekend, a.k.a. uh, Chris Cody's tweet, shout out on the Levitard show. Uh, Giants fan ended up proposing in the stands while down 31-3 against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, We already talked about how you should probably fire the staff at in New York on the NFL Monday podcast but man if Giants fans aren't doing it to themselves time and time and time again it is unfortunate that they have to be the butt of every single joke don't set your expectations too high don't set your expectations too high people it will only lead to bitter disappointment and Giants fans you get to be a meme because Someone proposed to their girlfriend in the stands in a 31-3 to game. It was wonderful and excellent and hilarious. Number four, this Lamar Jackson video, which I could play the audio here, but it wouldn't really do it justice. But Lamar Jackson was announced at, or he, it was told at a press conference that he was going to have his jersey retired at Louisville. Only him and Johnny Unitas would have their jerseys retired. And Louisville tried to make it cool and do like a video that could be social media savvy. And it was just like stoic. Like everyone did their part. They made it kind of cool. It's just there was no personality in the athletic director and president of the school trying to deliver this cool message. 
and then they pan to some of his players and it's just terrible job reading off a script or trying to say something genuine to Lamar Jackson. They tried their best to make a cool viral social media video and the content itself was always going to be cool, but it's just so dry. And it's I, I'm going to play part of it real quick for you. It's us in the okay, bill. Okay. Uh, probably didn't expect to see us today, but we just want nope, to pop in and say hello. From going from a Heisman here at the University of Louisville to an NFL MVP, uh, we get the opportunity to make a little history with you again today. We've decided to retire your number eight jersey at the University of Louisville, so uh, we're excited about that. We just want to tell you how proud we are, and we thank you on behalf of the University of Louisville and uh, the community of Louisville. We love you, Lamar. Yeah, Lamar, too, man, man, what a great honor, man. That, that's awesome. You know, I just want to say on behalf of the football program here at Louisville, you know, congratulate you on that. We can't wait to see you soon. Hopefully you'll be here and uh, we can celebrate with you. we got a few more people that want to say something to you real quick. Congrats, Lamar. <laughs> no one will ever wear the number eight again. What's up, man? I just want to congratulate you on um, all the hard work and success you uh, earned. Uh, it's an honor playing with you. I uh, wish you nothing but the best. What's going on, Lamar, man? Uh, congrats on retiring your jersey, man. It's an honor to, to be able to play with you and have you as a teammate. Uh, you did great things here, and nobody else can wear it. I also forgot as I was watching it that Lamar Jackson has teammates from his time at Louisville that still play at Louisville for that terrible 4-8 and Louisville team this year. I forgot that that's a thing that can still exist. So uh, yeah, that video was super dry. They tried to make it heartfelt, but I thought it was just funny that people tried to do these heartfelt videos. The NBA did this too with award season where they tried to make viral clips every time. Some of them just didn't work. Like Zach Levine, they tried to announce his all-star with a Zoom thing. Wasn't cool, but people are going to try it just to try and make it viral. And people will eat it up because the content is great and we sell people's tears on the internet. Number five, Vegas. Because the Raiders ended up beating the Broncos for the simple reason that the Raiders are better than the Broncos. The Raiders are a better team than the Denver Broncos. This wasn't one of those like weird results that's hard to explain. Broncos offense, pretty bad. They've also suffered some injuries on defense that makes the defense look not as good as it once was. Um, I know some people were really big on them coming into the season. Uh, but Denver, not a good team. Felt pretty confident saying that when they were 3-0. and probably going to lose to the depleted Browns on Thursday and go to three and four. And that's about where we thought the Broncos would be because that is another perpetual mediocrity franchise. Um, we're hitting on all of them this week. The Bears, the Giants, the Broncos, we can crap on all of them this week. Uh, Denver, by the way, 10th ranked defense in the NFL, according to DVOA right now. Not great considering your offense is bottom fourth in the league. So bottom eight in the NFL. So yeah, uh, the Raiders win that game. Uh, I love the broadcast trying to avoid talking about the John Gruden situation, both on the NFL Red Zone and the actual broadcast. And every time they did something good, they would just feel awkward and they'd say, inspired football. The Raiders are inspired to play together after John Gruden did racist things that we all found out about. And it was just funny how everyone tried to tiptoe around the situation in the professional broadcast manner of CBS and NFL Network and their corporate partner of the NFL Red Zone. Um, it was funny to watch everyone try and toe-tap around the Raiders stuff this weekend. It was also funny that the Raiders won, because I knew deep down in my heart the Raiders were going to win, and I picked the Broncos because I'm like, yeah, it's the easy pick here, but I knew for some weird reason that this would be the one the Raiders would win. 
just as I knew that the Jaguars would not win after that Tennessee or uh, after the Urban Meyer week. Uh, I knew they would not beat the Tennessee Titans, but I felt like I felt like the Raiders could beat the Broncos because the Broncos not a very good team, uh, and we're seeing it now. Part injuries, of course, but they weren't a great team in the first place. They just beat some bad teams before that, like the Jaguars, the Jets, and the Giants, who might be the three worst teams in the NFL right now. So those are our five little things here on the memes of the weekend so that we can laugh at little funny things like that. Uh, Because I thought all of that was excellent and funny, and I'm just smiling through it because it's all fantastic and funny. And this is why we do memes of the weekend, is so we can get a good laugh out of all the craziness that happens across these fall weekends of football. Yes, that is Bugs Bunny singing Viva Las Vegas with Elvis Presley in the 2003 classic Looney Tunes back in action. Shout out to Vegas for winning this week. Uh, We finish off with our annual or weekly segment. How did the Pac-12 and ACC bleep things up this week? And we could go deep into the labyrinth of, you know... Miami and North Carolina and how that one turned out because Miami, North Carolina lost to Florida State last week and now the cycle flips back forward. Or we could talk about North Carolina State beating Boston College or we could talk about Clemson beating Syracuse by three points at the very end of the game. But we could also go to the Pac-12 and we could talk about Utah beating the only ranked team left in the conference, Arizona State, other than Oregon, of course, who, by the way, only beat Cal by seven points. Or we could talk about Washington State beating Stanford, the team that two weeks ago beat Oregon. And we also laughed at last week because last week Stanford lost to Arizona State, who was ranked at the time, and now Arizona State will be unranked because they lose to Utah. We could talk about all of that, but I would like to spend the segment laughing at the Arizona Wildcats because there are so many amazing stats from the Arizona Wildcats. For years, I was making the jokes that Kansas and Rutgers are the worst programs in college football, and while Rutgers may be winless in conference play this season, Rutgers has redeemed themselves as a program ever so slightly to where now they're only horrible and not worse than most FCS teams. But the University of Arizona has so many good stats to throw out here. First and foremost, the last time the University of Arizona won a football game, October 5th, 2019. That is two years and two weeks ago. Since the University of Arizona won a football game, they have the longest losing streak in Division I FBS. They have won two road games in four seasons. Their only wins at Oregon State and at Cal Berkeley. The only places they have won in the last four years. The University of Arizona also has scored fewer points this year than every single 
FCS team. The University of Arizona got blanked by Colorado this weekend, who is awful. Colorado is awful, even though they almost beat Texas A&M, who then beat Alabama. So by virtue, they almost beat Alabama. Colorado is terrible. The University of Colorado exists to finish last place in the Pac-12 South, except for that one year that they end up winning the Pac-12 South because the Pac-12 is a crazy conference where everyone just beats each other up all the time. Arizona this year has scored 16, 14, 19, 19, 16, and 0. They've lost to BYU, San Diego State, the University of Northern Arizona, Oregon, UCLA, and Colorado. I fully expect them to win zero games this season because they were terrible last year, fired their coach, and so all of those terrible players transferred. Now you have FCS players playing in University of Arizona Colors. I think you should put UC Davis in Arizona Colors and let them play the rest of the season. I think Arizona could maybe get a victory in the Chaos Pac-12 by doing that, but they've been so atrocious and so bad And it's so unbelievably funny. Even at a time where Kansas might be just as bad as them, but at least Kansas beat an FCS team by three points that they then stormed the field after beating. You want an update on what's happened to Kansas since then? Because this may be the Pac-12 ACC segment, but any chance to beat up on Kansas is welcomed. Since that magical victory that we laughed at a month ago, Kansas lost by 27 to Coastal Carolina, lost by 38 to Baylor at home, lost by 19 to Duke, lost by 52 to unranked Iowa State, and lost by 27 to Texas Tech. The last time Kansas football won a conference game was also 2019. They've won two conference games since because no matter how bad Arizona can get this year, Kansas been doing that for a decade. A decade of just being awful at college football. Vanderbilt, you want to get into this game? You can get into this game. But they almost beat South Carolina this week. So they're they're staving off being in the bottom two. Rutgers may have beaten Temple, but they are also winless in conference play this year. All four of you can catch these hands and you know that you suck at college football. Thank you for stopping into the memes of the weekend. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Check out the NFL Monday pod as well. We will talk to you again on Tuesday. Enjoy yourselves. Arizona, you suck at football. Have a great rest of your day.